Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of the NBA Thread Show. My name is Jamar Youngblood, and I'm here with my lovely co-host who loves to wear tights and post them on threads, SBW. Stevie Boy, you ready to have another great show? I'm ready, man. I I didn't think you saw that. You, did, oh, you didn't saw like it. it. You didn't comment. I, no, I, <laughs> no what I saw was 40 minutes ago, you questioned why... You know, why everybody was acting weird about your little booty posts, your thirst trap booty posts. My thirst. I was inspired by Tanya to be brave, you know. Shout out to you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you're able to live your true life on threads and show your booty to the world. I, I love that for you, bro. It was for you and you didn't even acknowledge it. You said it you wanted to talk me. about butts. Remember that this? Like me. a month ago. <laughs> that was not for me, man. It was, that was for you. For- Nah, that was for all your little, you know, the fans you have out there and people who love you. Six five, toes, booty, tight, shorts, tight wearing Steve. It was for Travis Kelsey. My, Shout my out pre- to you, in, man. In a former life, I was a tight end. You know. Shout out to you, man. How's it going, man? How's your life going? It's a, it's going week? okay. It's you got uh, a solid week this week. I see you smiling more. That's good. Smiling more. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit today. It's just been, man, being a parent is hard. I'll say that. How hard? Say that. On the scale of 1 to 10, how hard? 99. Was it hard when you was having unprotected sex? Um, Like, were you thinking I mean, about these days? Technically, it, it was hard. It, <laughs> oh, that was good. I like it. It was. It was um, hard often. <laughs> Oh my god. Yo, let's talk some basketball. Okay. Hey, you you walked yourself right into that one. Oh man, yeah, man. I was trolling a little bit too hard there. That was a good I was gonna try to be serious about how hard parenting is and you went straight to sex. So I know where you I know where your mind is. Um yeah, I'm doing good. Life is just, you know, it's it can be hard sometimes. It's stressful, it's a lot, it's a lot when we don't have to get too far into it, but you know, I've just seen a lot of people more and more posting and, and just kind of talking about how weird and complicated and hard it is to kind of live in a place that we're lucky to live in, like America right now with everything going on um, in Gaza at the moment. And, you know, we're just sitting at home. Talking on threads, watching NBA basketball, watching the Super Bowl, you know, and and life is, um, in the grand scheme of things, easy for us in in a lot of ways. And and that's a tough thing to kind of just know that there's a lot of horrible, awful things going on in the world. And at times you you can just feel hopeless, you know, but it's okay. Yeah, let me be vulnerable. Let me be vulnerable really, really quick. When I was, I think I was nine or 10 years old, right? I was sleeping at my grandmother's house on a couch and about 20 policemen just like raided my grandmother's crib. I woke up to guns and flashlights in my face. Like police were pointing guns and had a lot of flashlights in my face. And I've never been more calm in my life. However, after that, I realized that it probably won't get more intense than that moment. So 
I've just lived the rest of my life so free and just so appreciative to just be alive. So I'm like the opposite of people at some points because I like see all this stuff going on, but I also understand how much gratitude I have to even be alive. I even, even like, I know so many friends that are just dead, bro. Like since I had to like get used to death since I was like 10 years old, bro. Like, so I just see life so differently. So like sometimes because I've been through so much that the rest of my life is just, I just dedicated it to making it easy and just feeling gratitude. So I see that stuff too. The challenge for me has been worrying about the things I can control. And I think I've mastered that to the point where people just think I'm just out here being aloof, but it's like, nah, man, I've been through some stuff. So I feel for everybody going through some stuff and I just wish that they get to the point that I got to where they just appreciative for the things that they do have. And that just brings them so much joy that they don't have time to think about things that aren't in their control. But this is a basketball, this is a basketball show, man. This is not for us to be venting about our personal lives, but that was a good chat, man. Booty shorts and gratitude. That should be a spinoff show. Booty shorts and gratitude. Yeah. Just for men only. Okay. Uh, <laughs> top storylines. Jamar, you go first. What you got? I have two and they're kind of combined. The first one is Wimby with his first triple double with blocks. I think that was awesome. I think there's going to be so many more of those games to come from him. Maybe he get a quadruple double one day because he passed the ball. He blocks the ball. So that's one. And the other one was, speaking of blocks, Hassan Whiteside, the former block champion, he is retiring from the NBA. So I saw those two things this week, and those were the things that caught my interest. What about you? What do you have? First of all, mm-hmm. Wimby, he is unreal like the fact that he's gonna probably having triple doubles with blocks yeah i don't think we understand how insane that is that's crazy 10 blocks like in in one game i saw yeah uh, i don't remember who we it was me sarah and a couple other people were chatting about defensive player of the year uh maybe like a week or two ago and somebody posted like a screenshot of Wimby's blocks thus far this season compared to when Rudy Gobert won defensive player of yep. the year, like uh, five years ago or something like that. Yep. One of he's one of a couple times, but one of them, and he's already passed the amount yep. of blocks Rudy had in that winning season. Like he's mm-hmm. already passed it. We got like thirty games to go. I mean, it's just. Yep. And now and one thing to note, it because that was pre Tim Block game. Yep. One thing to note is back in the day when you had Matumbo, you had Shaq, you had David Robinson. Back in the day, defenders just used to like force the the dribblers into the big men so they could just block shots. Mm-hmm. Now with everybody being spread out, they're not doing that anymore. So the fact that he's still able to get ten blocks and he is seven five, but. Yeah. It just shows you how active he is. He's just getting blocks from all over the court. He he would get three blocks just from the three point line alone. That's what I was just gonna say. Like I half the blocks I see of his are like blocking somebody shooting a th- trying shot. to shoot a three. Yeah. Which is I mean, <laughs> he's just so fucking like for how skinny and tall he is, yeah. he really is so athletic and yeah. like coordinated. I mean, I look less coordinated. All of us look less coordinated <laughs> probably true. than him and we're you know, 
a third his height or not a third yeah. two thirds his height <laughs> not a third fucking hobbits out here frodo uh anyways props to Wibby. he's a marvel yep. he i mean yeah he's probably gonna go down it would not surprise me if he's number one in blocks when he hangs it up if i think he avoids- he's gonna be the best i think he's gonna be the best ever bro i'm calling it now i think the best no. basketball player we've ever seen no i think so no 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 but if he I avoids so, injury he could he could be Top five. Bro, watch his stats. Watch his 10. stats. He's gonna have some crazy stats. Defensive. Man, yeah, I what's just your hope story? He avoids injury. Yeah. Tall bodies like that. It's it's really hard. I mean, That's we've true. seen it time and time again with with players. And I'm not. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm not like trying to wish that on him or anything. I'm quite the opposite. I hope he. I hope the, he can stay healthy. No, I was just say like even with injury, the recovery time these these and the technology they have to get these players back is like way better than it was in the past so hope he doesn't get in, injured but injuries happen and you can bounce totally. back from injuries these days but yeah you can yeah i mean yeah the care has definitely come a long way uh especially with ser- like knees and knees and achilles it's yep. it's wild how much better players are coming back from those and those used to yep. be like you tear an acl See, you tear an achilles your career's over pretty much yep. you're never the same yep. guy and yep. and players are coming back which is is cool you know yep um okay hassan Whiteside, i saw that too but i didn't see why did you happen to catch why or he no. just kind of burnt out on basketball i don't know but he hasn't been as good as he was when he was in miami so i think it's just yeah and what I don't think he was in the NBA this year. Like when's the last time he was in the NBA? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think so either. I, I yeah. in my head though, he's like not that old, which is why I yeah. was a little bit like surprised. Is he even thirty? I guess I should I yeah. can look it up real quick. I'm just curious. Yeah, I think it was just mental with him because he was a beast in Miami. Oh wait. But that's he's what that Miami son does to you, man. You live in Miami, time to play basketball. I'm he's sure you're motivated. So that's not that crazy. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Well, and he got paid, so it's like shout out to him. Congrats, Hassan. Go enjoy your life. Do something else. (laughs) Yeah, what do you have? Podcaster like us. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have you. Uh, Okay. My top storyline. Yeah, let's do. So I, I hadn't had one yet, and I woke Mm -hmm. up, and then I saw some semi-breaking news, and I was like, "Well, I know my, I know my top storyline now." Did you see this? The Warriors tried to get LeBron. Oh yeah, yeah. This this good. article just broke by Woj and a few other people, like literally this morning. So it's like, yeah, that's real. We got, yeah, we got Woj uh, letting us know about it. I am honestly shocked by this. Like, I I really can't believe that this was a serious discussion between owners and then, of course, trickle down effect to GMs. And we may never know how close they got, but it sounds like the Warriors were like, yeah, no, we will do this and it's up to you. And the Lakers slash LeBron, I guess it was brought to him, said no, which is, man, this is wild to think about. Almost certainly, Clay Thompson would have been the the main piece that the Warriors were putting in the package because just to get to LeBron's cap hit, your favorite phrase, um, would take <laughs> a big LeBron is a cap hit. 
Yeah. LeBron is a cap hit and Clay Thompson <laughs> is a big cap hit. So, you know, they would have had to include Clay and or Chris Paul and Wiggins and like a couple other people. My guess is Clay was probably the number one piece that helped the Warriors get there. And then there were picks involved and probably some, a couple of young players so that the Lakers felt like they weren't getting fleeced in terms of like long-term bro. My get, it could have been, it literally could have been like Clay and Kuminga. It should have just been Kuminga for LeBron straight up. If I was in LA, I would have done that. I would have done that. that. You Why? Because the cap hit? Because the yes, cap hit? Kuminga's only, his salary is $6 million. LeBron's over $50 million. Okay. I so think I would, get cap hit now. Yeah. You have to match okay. the you have to match the dollar amount. Not exactly. Oh, the cap like, hit is the is the salary cap. And if it goes over that, then that's when it becomes a cap hit. The the cap hit. Right, we don't need to talk- start this. We don't need to start this again, but <laughs> we don't it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's okay. Just we can like save the that. percentage of a salary of a per, uh, of a player's salary to the actual um salary cap. It's That's okay, all. man. It's Anyways. okay. We can start to yeah, we can go into the topics. It's okay. We can spare the Well, people. this this is a good piggyback. So anyway, well, hold on. What what are your thoughts on that? We have to actually talk about it. I like it. The I mean, l- listen, listen, man. As a GM, as an owner, you like you gotta try things. I also heard or I read that they tried to contact Philly as well. And Philly said, Oh, what about in or Wait. Philly tried to contact LeBron. Or Philly talked Philly tried to contact LA. Oh, interesting. And asked about LeBron. And then they said, like, oh, well, what's up with Joel and B? Or something like that. That's weird. So, yeah. So I don't listen, really get man, that shoot. one. I get the Warriors one because if you do Clay and Kaminga, which I haven't seen that that's what it is, but I'm just assuming it was a package similar to that because the Lakers could then be like, oh. Kuminga, like that's a power forward that we immediately replace LeBron with. We get young, much younger. Obviously, LeBron is infinitely better than Kuminga, but uh, Kuminga hasn't even hit reached his peak yet, and that's someone that, that that then you get to pair with Anthony Davis for the next several years with Austin Reeves, yep. which uh, with sort of the young core, Rui Hachimura, all these guys. So it's like. It's interesting. It was probably probably something like that. And I'm just like, damn, LeBron was like presented with, I could go play with my friend Draymond. I could go play with Steph and we could try and get a couple more rings. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. He, I think honestly though, LeBron doesn't want to leave LA. It's like, it is the second closest thing to home for him. Like in terms of outside of Cleveland, like his kids are in school here. I think it would take something like the most no-brainer thing ever for him to Bro, leave LA. San Francisco, LA, you're LeBron James. I'm not I'm not sure how comfortable he is with helicopters because of Kobe Bryant, but LA traffic is crazy. So I don't I can see that. That would be kind of a long same. helicopter flight, right? It's not like six close. hours between LA, right? And San Francisco. I think you would take the PJ. Yeah. Probably. LeBron can afford it. That or, or his new Hummer EV truck. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, he had a Hummer cool. in high school. Shout out to the Hummer LeBron had in high school. I remember that. 
That's when he got in um, trouble. All right, let's let's jump to segment two here. We got some. Tr- we'll just wrap up on some thoughts on the trade deadline, the outcomes, and let's chat about the live stream we had, which was really fun. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need so, to do more. So, yeah, so they are. Those things are connected because the live stream was about the trade deadline and everything, but um, and just having fun and. That is exactly what I did. I had so much fun, man. That that like that that was fun. Just having everybody in the chat throwing their ideas in there. So I'm just so happy we got the chance to do that live and have that experience. And hopefully, hopefully we can keep doing it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. What are your thoughts on the trade deadline? Yeah, exactly. So the topics I had up there were which team won, and also which team made the most underrated moves. And from that perspective, I like, I think we spoke about this before. I think the Knicks did a great job just even with the OG trade starting there. And then the pieces that they picked up to add to their rotation. I just thought that was a, I thought that was an amazing, amazing job. And the other side of that is I think the Thunder did a great job by they basically gave up players that weren't even going to be playing in the playoffs anyway to get Gordon Hayward, which can add some firepower, add some scoring, add some vet, add a veteran presence to that team. So I think the Thunder and I think New York, I think New York was the best. And I think the Thunder made an underrated move that could help them in the playoffs. What are your thoughts? I agree that the Knicks won the deadline, which we talked a lot about on the live stream. I love what mm-hmm. they did and the fact that they got four rotation players, um, yep. two legit starters, and didn't have, didn't give up a single first round pick is is really really stinking impressive. My second favorite deadline was actually the Mavericks, Dallas. I love what okay. they did in getting Gafford um, to be a legit backup or either kind of fringe starting sitter center you know right there behind Derek Lively another guy who can go in and and put double doubles up at any given game is huge but also you know they get PJ Washington yeah. um to throw into the mix by giving up uh Grant Williams who Grant Williams really, really like hadn't done much and wasn't a very good fit and was kind of being, I think, a bit of a like locker room distraction. Um, yeah, bad vibes a little bit to the yeah. locker room. Whatever. Some some guys just don't get along. Some guys just it's not a great fit, and that seems kind of like what that was, what was happening there. So basically, by getting two starters, getting rid of one who wasn't producing that much, like Dallas is. They're low key scary. I I have put them in one of my. Uh, I posted about this maybe a week ago, and I just made an amendment, which we'll get to in a bit. But I I said my. I think one of these four teams will come out of the West, and make it to the finals. And I had Dallas in there as one, and a lot of people were kind of like, "What really? Like, you're you're dreaming, you're wishing something like that." Because they're currently only, I mean, they're the seven seed, which doesn't sound that good, but pretty much from seeds like four to five down to 10, there's not that big a difference, like in terms yeah. of the actual 
record and like all those teams can kind of flip flop each other over the next like two weeks. You know, it's like exactly it's a a difference of like three to five wins, which you go on a win streak. The other team loses three in a row. Boom. You've you've flipped. You've flipped like exactly three, three places, whatever. Yep. So really outside of like the top three or four, which are all kind of like in a league of their own. It's it's all a lot closer than it seems. And I just think, look, the Mavs in pretty much any playoff series are going to have the best player on the court in Luka. And then now they've got Kyrie who can go off for 30 to 40 any night. And they've added real depth and like solid, really, really solid role players that the Mavs haven't had in a couple of years. Yep. And the fit is just better than I guess it was when they had Brunson and Prazingis. It just it just didn't qu- quite click for that three. That big now it's three, time I for J Kid to do his him. job. Let's go, J Kid. Now, like now, this is what coaches like. This is how coaches make their name. And I know we're going to talk about coaches soon, but this is how coaches make their name, right? Like right here, what you said. Like the players are there. They're on paper. Everything seems good. Now it's about the strategies and motiv- um, motivation. So. I'm with you. Totally. I like Dallas moves. Oh, wait. Uh, before we move on, uh, did you yeah. hear uh, Kyle Kuzma decline I the did. Dallas trade? I <laughs> did. And I posted, about, I, I posted that last night. I was like, damn, I heard that. And I had been kind of saying, like, somebody help help Kyle get out of there. Free this man from, like, wizard wizard's misery. And now I'm like, well, I can't. I can't. I can't talk for him. I can't vouch for say. him. If he, if he just wants to stay there, that's on him. <laughs> I was really surprised. Like he, the, the only reasoning I saw was that he didn't think of Dallas as a true contender. And I'm like, bro, what world are we living in that you don't think a team with or, Luka, Kyrie, or and oh, what, or, what are you going to say? Yeah. Or he played with superstars and he doesn't want to do it again. Like, that's how I saw it, because I'm someone who went to a high school with so many talented players that went D1, NBA, all this stuff. So when it was time for me to play in college, I wanted to go to a lesser known college and just not play with that much talent again. I wanted to, like, let's say I wanted to be the man. So I think Kyle Kuzma likes his situation in Washington where he's the de facto Man, yeah, quote he's, unquote. he's definitely the best player on the team, which yeah. it would hard to, it would be hard to go from being the best player on the team to probably be like at the fourth best option. Be- fourth? No. Yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr., bro. That's true, but Luka, he might have been included Kyrie, in the trade. Tim Hardaway Jr. I, I don't think they were gonna trade Tim Hardaway Jr. Hell no. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. and then Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma would have been fourth, I think. Yeah. Well, any, what I was just going to say is any given night, he could be some like at best the second best player on the team if he if he has a big game. But like, yeah. at worst, you know, fourth or fifth, like somewhere in that, yep. like, yep, whatever. It's Lucas team, yep. just like when he yep. was on when he was a Laker it was LeBron's team. And those yep. guys play similar, like have the ball a lot. So, yeah, it's tough. Yep. Um, I think one thing I heard, uh, which was like a pretty good point, like. If he if he didn't win a championship with LA, then maybe he's like more willing to That's true. jump ship and go somewhere to try and get a yeah. ring, right? But he's got I forgot his ring. he had a ring. Yeah. Yeah. 
so it's like, okay, I want to actually, maybe he just enjoys living in DC. Maybe like he's yeah. just good friends with Jordan Poole. Like we, we, yep. we often really, it's easy for us as fans to just be like, this is monopoly money. This yep. like, pe- but people are uprooting their entire lives to like That's move true. across the country and live somewhere totally different that maybe they literally just Maybe he's just like, fuck, I don't want to live in Dallas. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe he has, you know, like, maybe he just doesn't like yeah. Texas. Like, who knows? <laughs> like, why these people, you know, why why guys don't want to do stuff sometimes. And yeah. I think it's easy for us to just kind of be like, oh, well, Dallas is better. You're on a terrible team. Why would you not yeah. want to do that? But there's yep. so many other factors, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I, I was surprised, though, because I think, whoa, like him going to Dallas – adding to what they already have there that would be a really really good team and they could absolutely compete for the title this year but he could easily get traded this summer in like three three four months from now so like maybe he's thinking okay i do want to get traded i don't want to stay in washington forever but i also don't want to just like jump ship at the first kind of thing that's brought to my attention yeah and honestly, like, I'm pretty sure he's still he's still his girlfriend, Winnie Har- Harlow, right? They're I was together. about to mention that. Oh my god! I, yeah, I, mean, I was well, going to mention. Yeah, she, go ahead. She's incredible, but she lives in L.A. Like, they mm-hmm. met in L.A. Like, I I think at some point he wants to be back here. I would imagine, just like in terms of, especially for their life, and he's got. He's in a fashion, like he's so creative. He's got businesses. Yeah. Like I just think Kuz, I always loved him in LA. I was sad that he left. Yeah. Um, so I, I could easily see the the Wizards and Lakers like starting up trade talks again this summer. Like, who knows? Yeah. Maybe he was just kind of like, if I hold out, I could I could go back to the Lakers, you know? Yeah. Probably, yeah. We don't know, but I just saw that headline. I thought it was interesting. Um you want to talk about the 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 top five power rankers for the teams and MVP before we bring Ezra on? Yeah, let's do it real quick. We don't have to spend yeah, yeah, like a quick. ton of time on each one, but I'm curious exactly. what each of ours are. Yeah, exactly. Let's go from let's quick. go five to one. Yeah, five to one. Okay, yeah. Um, you go first. List yours. Let's do okay. Let's do real quick power rankings. Let's do top five teams. Okay, let's start with teams, and we'll do MVP candidates after that. Yeah. Okay. I just went with my gut. I was like, I don't want to look at the standings. I just want to go with my gut. Like what I have seen, what I know, what I know in my head and my heart right now, this morning, what do I think are the five best teams right now? Which is a different question than like, who do I think will be the five best teams two months Mm -hmm. from now at, at the end of it? I'm just saying, who are the five best teams right now? It's like different. Yeah. So as long as we're clear on what we're saying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what power rankings is, right? It's like right now. No, I know, but sometimes people are kind of like, oh, you can't put those people, like, whatever. Yes. Okay. You and I I are saying the same thing. Okay. My fifth best team, I got the Thunder. Okay. Who do you have? My fifth best team, I have the Nuggets. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) Do we want to talk about why, or are we just going to (laughs) go? Nah, let's just go, because we have Ezra. Yeah, okay. All right, for number four, I've got the Cavs. Same. I have the Wait, Cavs really? as well. I thought you'd have them yeah. higher. No, nah, no, nah, I had the Cavs. I love so like I they're on a their win streak just snapped, but I think they're like 
what are they like 15 and two or something nuts mm-hmm. over the last couple months? Yeah, they've just they've just been rolling. They're yep. playing really well, but I also just don't think they're quite as good as my top three teams. Like, I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't pick them over these. Things Knicks are going to get interesting with the top three now. Who do yeah, you have for number three? Number three, I've got the Knicks. I was tempted to put them higher. <laughs> Wait, why are we laughing? Do you not have them oh, in your top five at all? Hell no, man. The Knicks are like number nine for me. What? Number no, nine? I don't have the Knicks. No. At three, I have the T-Wolves. Oh, okay. Yeah, Wait, I have the T-Wolves on. at number three. You have the Knicks at nine? Something like that? Bro, I've seen the Knicks live in person. They just don't have it for me, bro. Like they just seem like a college team, bro. They seem like a like a like a college and kind of like that's how that team is constructed. It's constructed. You were like tooting a their horn team. like three weeks ago. You were like Brunson MVP. You were I love these Gonzaga guys. You were like I I mean in, no, not Gonzaga, Villanova. Villanova, gosh. Yeah. All no, the- but I mean in theory, I like I like it, but I just don't. As far as power rankings, like take that energy to number nine, man. Bring that energy to number nine. <laughs> Wait, you did just go to the game. How was it? Yeah, Who'd they did. play? It, they played the Pacers. They win? No. That's and bro, this is my point. Tyrese looked like a superstar out there. His energy, his confidence, his bravado. He was like Was that the I'm game the that he threw it off the backboard and passed? Yes, bro. That's the what, game. It was? He, yes. His energy just was so like and I don't think anyone from the Knicks matched that same energy of like I'm a superstar. Were you? Did you actually catch that play in person, or were you in I the bathroom? And I said, "Holy shit!" That was pretty. Did you see too? Uh, like to the day, I think Kobe had a very similar play, the same pass. Yep, yep. But like threw yep. it to to a guy on the left side of the court instead of the right. But I was like, Holy. I think. Yep. Yeah, I was like, oh my yep. God, the fact that this like happened, that was, that yep. was cool. Anyways. That's awesome. Okay. All right, uh, so we got number two. Two. You're not going to like this one. Clippers. Okay. I mean. So who do you have two? I have Celtics. Okay. I have no issue with the Clippers. I mean, I don't think, I don't think they're, well, whatever. But sure, they can, yeah. have, they can be number two for power rankings now, but they're not going to be number two when it's all said and done. Mark All right, words. and number <laughs> one, who do you have number one? The Timberwolves, baby. Shout out, uh, Sarah. Yeah, that's good. I got the Celtics number one. I just think, man, the Timberwolves throughout the season, I think you could argue, look, the Timberwolves and the Celtics have probably been the most consistently impressive Yep. the bulk of the entire season thus far. I know. I think you had Timberwolves third, whatever. Like, that's close mm-hmm. enough. Like, yeah, what the Celtics have done, of course. See, when teams are this, the Celtics, I think, more so than the Timberwolves, have looked bored at times. Mm-hmm. Like, they just are like, we know we're better than you, and then they just don't show up, and they've gotten beat a few times that way. Like, mm-hmm. the Lakers beat them a week ago without LeBron or AD, and it yep. was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like this- Austin Reeves and D'Lo. <laughs> yeah, Austin, Austin Reeves, Reeves and D'Lo. Austin Reeves outscored Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. <laughs> like that should never happen. As much as I love yep. AR, like that was. Look, we can say yes. The Lakers played a pretty good game, but that was Boston just like not showing up. Yeah. Absolutely, like no showing that game, and 
it'll be interesting to see how they actually turn it on and dominate in the playoffs because mm-hmm. we've seen now this duo of Tatum and Brown, frankly, like come up short a few times when it matters most. And so, but they are, it's fascinating. Winners. They are Say winners though. Like that group, they are winners. They've been to the, um, uh, they've been to multiple um, Eastern conference finals. They've been to the finals, even though they didn't win the finals versus Golden State, but they do like, I think their identity is that they're winners and they've been winning going into the playoffs since since they both got into the league but the Timberwolves I just think they're just I think they're just too immature to be honest I and I think they need a couple more years to actually just gel and go through some things to just mature toughen up then I think they're gonna be championship contenders I've got them number one just right now because a they had Probably the most impressive win of the season for them the other night. First the Clippers? Coming down to L.A., beating the Clippers at home. Just like they're uh, – I believe each team had the same record, so it was literally like whoever wins is going to be the, the number one seed. Yeah. And so – The one – listen, the one thing I want to say about that is that Ty Lue does this. Ty Lue – he experiments during the regular season versus teams that they may play in the future. So some of Ty Lue losses, I don't look at them the same as everyone else sees them because he, like, that guy is so cerebral. He's so forethinking. He's a visualizer. So he plays around with different to, strategies. Yeah, like stuff. tinker with stuff to see, like, what could work in the he, playoffs. Bro, he like always does that, bro. He was doing it back in Cleveland. Like, that's his thing. So I don't that's get interesting. too crazy when I see them losing. Because I know he, I know he has something up his sleeve. That Tylo guy. There might be a little bit of that involved in the loss, but I also just think the Timberwolves came out so much hungrier. That's true. And they, yeah, they're they a good were team. locked in on defense. Like, yeah, they're a good. Team. It was impressive. And the, I, for me, the Timberwolves, like the main storyline, has been the the rise of Ant clearly becoming mm-hmm. that team's like one A the number one guy and but like simultaneously right along with that oh crap why did i just draw a blank on his name (laughs) cat nasri cat Cat. uh yeah in the past he i think has played and carried himself like the timberwolves were were his team Mm -hmm. and i think this is the first year where you can see sort of the the reflection like in his game and being a better teammate and his attitude, like everything has clearly shifted to like, I don't care like if it's my team or not, like I'm just going to, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be a better, the best teammate I can. And if it's like, because we all know that like ants, ants a dog, like he's an alpha. Mm -hmm. It's his team. Also just in terms of like a leadership role, like that's mm. the dude you're gonna listen to on the sideline when they're like barking at you, and Cat's yep. not that guy. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of dudes aren't that. Anthony Davis isn't that guy. It's also like a personality yeah. thing, and yep. I think finally kind of realizing that hierarchy, just in terms of like humanness, like their roles on the team, has done wonders for them. Like I think it's made them gel way better on and yep. off the court. And shout out to Rudy Gobert because they said that trade was the worst trade in history. It and still now is. he's balling. 
Well, we could talk about that on another show because I think okay. that I think they figured it out. Yeah, I definitely. Think, yeah, like I think they figured it out. Um, you want to talk about the MVPs yeah, now, let's do it real or quick. you want to save that? Or okay, real quick, five. Who you got at number five? Giannis. Okay, I got Tatum. Okay, four. Um, I got Kawhi at four. Who you have? Brunson. Okay, I have Luca at three. Who do you have? Joker. Oh, I got Joker at two. Who do you have? SGA. And I got Shay at one. Who you have? Luca. Luca. <laughs> that seventh seed, though, man, it's just like I feel like MVPs today is like you got to be dominant. Like your team has to be dominant for you to be for you to win an MVP during these times. I agree. I think I I'm 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 putting that with the I'm putting Luca at the top with sort of the thought of i think that the mavs are going to start climbing the rankings here okay. the standings here a little bit but we shall see i just think man he's ha- i just think he's had more big moments than everybody else yep. on this list and i also think at times he has probably done especially with Kyrie being probably hurt about half the year like he's done more with with less especially when Kyrie's yeah. hurt obviously Kyrie's incredible when he's playing but he's been out quite a bit and like i don't know it's 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 always for me it's like who's doing more the most with kind with of less. The, with less and you know like joker's been really really good but the nuggets are like they've got dudes everywhere it's like <laughs> harder for me to be at least this year you know like that team is yeah at least that starting five is so 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 damn damn good. And we need together. to switch it up. I'm tired of Joker winning. I'm like, give it to someone else, man. Yeah, dude. Like, I, I don't think you. he's that Voter dominant. To, yeah, I don't think he's that dominant. He is good. I don't think he's that dominant. Like to be winning all these MVPs. Like, come on, give it to somebody else. He's dude. He's really fucking. But in good. comparison to everyone else, though, it wasn't it wasn't like he's Michael Jordan and everyone else is just beneath him. It's like there's other guys playing just as good. I will say the playoff run he had last year was historically like incredible. Yeah. Right now, let me ask you a question. This mm-hmm. is this is just sidetracking a little bit before we bring Ezra on. Who do you think you would you you like better, Joker or Dirk Nowitzki? As okay, a player, who do, I, who do I like better, yeah. or who do I think yeah, is yeah, yeah. better? No, who do you like better, Joker or Dirk? Like as their playing I, style, like how they play. Like honestly, whatever. I would say Dirk because okay. I also just like that's kind of who I. He's one of the dudes I grew up like okay. watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just in my head, I think back to so many moments. Like I loved his his uh, one legged like fadeaway yeah. shot was just like that was like like he really like that was his shot for like yeah. a decade it was iconic yeah. and yeah i don't know i i for a long time i was a spurs fan and that was like the in-state big rival for them and there were so many games where he just would go off and score Crazy, like 40 yeah. something points for back then especially was like a lot um he was just consistently great he's a really good dude i think i enjoyed watching him i mean Joker's good, but he's like, is he fun to watch? I guess so. He also just, I mean, he's like Shrek. 
out there. You know, he's just like so goofy. Like, I don't know. Joker's ridiculous. Like some stuff he does, and I'm just like, man, this is bonkers. Like when he when he throws up like these wannabe gangster like shooting behind his head and it goes in. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like, how did you? I I don't know. I just see him do stuff sometimes, and I'm like, he's trolling us. Like he's literally trolling all of us. It makes no sense that that's his shooting form. You know. I thought about that yesterday, and I couldn't decide. And I was like, "Okay, if I get a chance to ask SBW this on the show this week, I'm going to ask him." And then there you go. What about you? Who do you like? I don't know. I I, 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 I still can't answer because Joker just again he has the success, he has the MVPs, um, his stats are there. But like you said, Dirk, I think Dirk was just more fat. Like Dirk was more agile. I think Dirk can handle better. Um, Dirk can like come off screens. He can like, I don't know. He played like a guard at times, but then he also played like a big man at times. And it's like Joker only plays this like, like you said, this one Shrek. It's like if Shrek played basketball, it's Joker. I mean, literally, it just came to my <laughs> head, but it but it feels right, you know. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. Ezra! Ezra! What's up, my brother? What's going on, family? How y'all doing? Good. Chilling, Good to man. see your face. Yes, I said, yes, I said y'all, you know. Y'all. Yeah, y'all, y'all. Was, uh, y'all was a popular topic the other day. People, somebody was saying, what was that? Like, they don't, they don't want the word y'all to be universal. And everybody immediately was just like, nah, we're going to use y'all. <laughs> they were like, please... Please stop saying y'all. We're not all Southern. It's like, okay. <laughs> bringing, bringing people on the pod and hearing their voice for the first time is like, is kind of really exciting. You know, it's like, we, we, we just know each other via words and, and profile pictures and profile pictures. Yeah, it's always like, true. what's, who's the voice behind the, uh, behind the face and the words I'm reading. Um, no, that's a good point. You know, especially because I've been hearing your voices uh, for a while now, you know, and enjoying them. And, and so it's like, uh, it's it's less of a shock to me than it is to you. Like, oh, that's what that guy sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Time to return the favor. <laughs> what were you expecting, though? Like, Jamar, like, what do you, what do you think I was going to sound like? You know? I didn't know your hair was, like, that long. I don't know why. I, I guess it's just from your profile picture. I didn't know you were. I, didn't, I don't know. Your dress look cool. I like them, bro. Hey, I appreciate that, man. No, so that picture is actually from the summer. That's how long, like, my hair is growing. Wow. So fast. That's wow. fast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you take a lot of biotin or something? <laughs> no, but I've been thinking about mixing collagen into my into my little, you know, Ooh, coffee. In the yeah. Morning. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if collagen works for um, uh, for hair, but yeah. I think it helps with that kind of thing. Did y'all have y'all seen this my new little fad? Monitor. Sorry. Um, there we go. Things might get weird here for a second, but let's just go with it. Yeah. Your your collagen made weird, me think. You know? Yeah. When are they exactly. not weird? Wait till you hear. Steve, the beginning you of this posting podcast. booty pictures. Steven, you posting booty pictures, man. That's as weird as it gets, man. Can't get. Yeah, man. Shout out that. to the ass shot, bro. Yeah. yeah, it was it was for y'all though. That's what's that's what's so that's what's so lovely about it. It was for y'all, and, that, and that's why I thank you. Yeah. Have y'all seen this new health fad that, like, mainly 
uh, middle-aged white women are, are, are pushing on Instagram where they're taking colostrum. Do you know what that is? Okay. Colostrum's no. like the, colostrum? Colostrum's like the, the milk substance that comes out of the breast, like, right when a baby's born. <laughs> so, like, I mean... So- Yes. I'm lost. Hold on. We're not talking about no 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 no. We're not talking about human. They're doing they're doing cow colostrum. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> but still, it's like it, it, anyways, it's really weird. So and so is this a, is this capture an attempt to harvest like essential life force of a being? Is that I don't know, but I keep like okay. I've gotten multiple ads like when I'm just like scrolling through Instagram instagram they're like yeah so i'm taking colostrum now and all my problems are gone like my back doesn't hurt my my skin my wrinkles are gone and i'm just like what are we doing anyways colostrum snake oil hey this is why i love nba threads xyz man you you guys are always always giving me something i didn't know i wanted you know same here man same here i swear every (laughs) Every time I'm on camera with SBW, I'm just like I walk away like, wow, that was an experience. Okay, yeah. let's get to the segment, shall we? Let's do it. I mean, Ezra. Fine. Okay. Yeah. I know we're gonna talk about coaches here in a second, but first off, yeah, who who's your team? I think we know, but let's talk about your oh, team and, yeah, man, and why it. you support him. Okay, so this is a there's a little bit of a preamble here, right? Um, this is something that you didn't know about me, SBW, and you might actually be upset when I reveal this. <laughs> I have been a Lakers fan my whole life. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, what? See, there you go. There you go. You never so show dad, that uh, on threads. Uh, no. Because let me tell you, Hi. because LeBron fans are so annoying, man. I knew it. I like knew it, it, was it makes it so uncomfortable. To even like root for your own team, man. Like I always knew the Lakers fans were terrible, like horrible. Like, like where where Warriors fans are now, that's like the that's the typical Lakers fan. It was it's kind of equal. But then you over the on, on top of that, you have people who only care about LeBron. They don't care anything about Lakers. They don't care anything about basketball. It's like I only like LeBron James, and it's not fun. It's just not fun. It's like come on, guys. Like we. There definitely is. The Lakers have been in a in kind of like a funny place since he came because they were terrible for like almost eight years, like towards the end of the Kobe era and then post-Kobe to when LeBron showed up. Um, but there's definitely like this franchise has such a history and such so many legends that have been there before that – Anyone who already like kind of hated LeBron from like his success at other teams, there there was always this kind of like resistance of like diehard Laker fans like from the beginning of time to then people who maybe LeBron is their favorite player and they were like they were Cavs fans by default and then they were Heat fans by default and they were Cavs fans again by default and then now they're Laker fans and like what the organization does with and for LeBron and maybe his serving his best interest interests may not necessarily be in the best interest of the organization. And that has sort of been a 
there's been tension there, especially for the last, I would say, like two years, right? Like in the beginning, there wasn't that much tension because when he showed up, he was still an athletic freak in those first two years. And even playing with the young guys, it was like, oh, like he can still carry his own, like in terms of running the floor. But yeah, man, it's, it's funny you say that. Uh, I would like to see you... Um, cheer the Lakers on a little bit more now that I know yes, this. Yes. Uh, you've revealed it to the world, so you're going to have to at least yes. show this Wait, a little bit. Like- Closeted Lakers fan. Well, okay, so after Kobe retired, right, um, it's just like it, it was a tough time for Lakers fans, you know, uh, because even even though the Lakers weren't good, like you know, you still had Kobe. And then it's like, okay, but Kobe goes out on top 60 points. Well, I shouldn't say on top. They didn't win anything, but, you know, you see you see this old-ass man game, score 60 man. points. That game was... Oh, man. I, look, I, I did not watch the Golden State Warriors set the record. I was like, I don't care. This is Kobe's last game. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so... Um, you know, seeing that, and it was just like, I've always liked Steph Curry. And so I, I, I was like, Kobe's going to retire soon. I got to pick like a favorite player when Kobe retires. So oh, one was Steph Curry, two was Kevin Durant. Um, and it's just based <laughs> okay, so on the stars you know, different things you. I like. Well, yeah. So it was like, they, absolutely. They did. Right. And so it was, it was basketball heaven. I was like, man, this is almost, I, I probably had only felt more joy seeing Kobe and Shaq win. So, um, at that point, it was just like, well, you know, I'll just watch more Warriors games. Well, you know, <laughs> coincidentally, uh, the world was watching more Warriors games. Yeah, they became the new Lakers, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so kind of kind of been rolling with the Warriors since. And um, I like Warriors fans, um, most of them. That are not on NBA threads. Say, you went from <laughs> you you really know how to pick them. You went from Lakers fan base being as annoying and uh, entitled as they could be to swapping them with the current most annoying and entitled fan base. Well, that's because the history of Warriors fans. It's like we believe, like you know, saying like <laughs> Warriors fans have been like, look, no, it's it, put it like this. There's a difference between. Warriors in Oakland versus the Warriors in San Francisco. Okay. And so the traditional like Warriors fans who have been they'd be like, oh man, look, we got another ring. Thank God. Like they, you know what I'm saying? They're like, whoa, this is cool. You know, and the other people are like, yo, this is like, no, we gotta fire Steve Kerr today. You know, and that's just <laughs> it's absurd, man. Like, <laughs> like I don't get it. But you know, um, I, I've become the person, and I didn't. I, I, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you, because this is NBA threads X Y Z. I used to like kind of look down on people who follow only the player, because I'm like, because I just love basketball. And so I'm like, what do you mean you follow player? Like you pick a team and you oh, stick yeah. with your team. You know, sometimes sometimes your teams win. Most of the t- most teams lose most years. Yeah, you know? right. Like <laughs> a Lakers run, a Warriors run. You know, unprecedented. It doesn't even make sense. You know, Bulls, you know, in the 90s, that doesn't make sense. Most of the time you lose, but that's a part of fandom. You know, it's like you stick together through, you know, now it's like everybody's like, nope, we want to win right now. Uh, but, you know, the reality is like where we are, like I'll probably stay Warriors fan for a while, you know, or maybe till LeBron retires and I feel like it's safe to be a Lakers fan through the through the low points. Gosh, like, I think really, that's the you really best hate time. LeBron, man. I don't. I actually, I, I, he's just, he's not my favorite player, you know? And so 
whenever you say, I saw Jamar posted something about LeBron. Like whenever you say something nice about LeBron, people you've never seen or heard of be like, yeah, and that's why he's the GOAT. And he's better than Kobe. Oh man, don't even mention Kobe. He's better than Michael. And it's like, guys, we can can you just like somebody and just, you know, that'd be the thing. Um, but then if you ever say anything somewhat halfway critical of LeBron, my God, that's like I don't know. I don't know what's worse, the Swifties or the LeBronies. What it <laughs> like what's worse? <laughs> they have that's the same a, energy. Just, that's a fun they thought experiment energy. right there. That's fair. Man. Because I think I posted something from I can't even remember what it was, um, but it was just like it was just like a joke. And then somebody um, who is like I don't know if he's a beat reporter or somebody that a lot of a lot of folks on NBA threads interacts with. Um, like this dude came in like guns blazing. I'm like, bro, I'm sorry to offend you, Mr. LeBron James fan number one. Like you know I didn't it, uh, maybe you missed the fact that it was a joke. Like, I got to put the disclaimer in my profile. Like SBW has in his. Like yep. it's it's almost always a joke. You know? <laughs> uh, okay, let's segue a little bit into coaches because yeah. you mentioned Steve Kerr the coach and, a of, and a lot of people wanting him fired uh, a month and a half ago which still is mind-blowing to me I'm like dude this Hall of Fame coach all of a sudden is just trash like what are we doing who's your favorite coach of all time and then specifically kind of after that let's just talk about maybe the best coaches in the game right now and and why okay favorite coach of all time probably has to be Eric Spolstra. Now, this is not me saying he's the best coach of all time, but let me tell you, because I think he was going to fight Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, he was like, oh, what, you want to fight me? Like, you know, we can take this outside right now in the middle of a game. You know, and, they, and then, you know, they had to happen to go on another crazy playoff run. And I think there's something to a coach like, Spolstra, who famously, you know, starts off in the video room. You know, I do a lot of people that. have yeah. never been around like basketball organizations, NBA organizations, they don't understand. Like the video room is like the mail room, you know. Nobody yeah, cares. it's the, it's like, the have, unpaid intern. No influence. Oh man. Like it, it's it's the bottom of the barrel. And like to say, to have the audacity to think that I'm going to go from here to the big chair. When, you know, guys who have been assistants for decades, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and still haven't gotten a shot. When guys co- go from having great careers as players and not having a shot, like, I just think it's a great story, you know? Um, and, you know, from what I can tell, like, I mean, I'm, I'm someone who, um, just in my own life, in my own, in my own work, like, I'm just, I like to be about the work. And it just seems like, you know, the focus is always on, like, we're going to be the best that we can be. Um, you know, they, I mean, I don't know. Have they ever tanked with Spolstra as the coach? That's not in their culture, man. That's not, not Miami culture. It's not. Nope. I don't think they have. They, they've they been bad. At, they were bad a couple years, especially like right after LeBron left. But yeah, I don't think fight. it was by intention. Yeah. You know, I think it was just like they at fight. that point, D Wade was old and LeBron yeah. left. So it's like you are what you but are. But even then, they had a few of those years when those teams were not supposed to be that good. But to your no. credit, Spo. He he's great, yeah. Jamar. What so, about you? Who's your favorite? Oh, sorry. Yeah. You want to keep going on? No, I, no, I was gonna I was gonna ask you guys. Yeah, yeah, Jamar. Who's your favorite ahead. coach? I like for me, my favorite is Phil Jackson, only because he had this 
capability of treating each player differently. Like, do you guys remember when they were going on a playoff run and Dennis Rodman said, I need a break. And his break was going to Vegas. (laughs) Dick Jackson said, go. No other coach Mm -hmm. in the history of basketball would have ever done that. And I think that, like, that was legendary shit. That was the documentary was incredible. That was led like which which other coach you think is gonna let Dennis Rodman go party in Vegas during a playoff run, bro? During a title run. That's oh, not, Dar- Darvin but, Ham for sure. Oh my god. They, <laughs> Darvin Ham, Darvin Ham and title run would never be in the same sentence, probably. But, Darvin Ham would let uh would let him go party in Vegas so he could start Tory and Prince instead. You love Tory and Prince, man. You always bring him up. You love Tory and Prince. No. No, you always you always talk about. I want Tory Prince but, on the bench where he is now. Phil, finally, but but uh, just to wrap my point up, Phil Jackson, man, I think he approaches basketball in a different way than most coaches. Where it's just like I think he treats the players as the people. He can get to know their personalities and and less clearly. Clearly, he coaches them with their skill set, but they're people first, and I think. That's rare with coaches. So that's why I think Phil Jackson. And he's into spirituality and all that stuff I'm into. So I love that about Phil. The Zen master. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? How about you, um, Steve? Who you got? So I just, I got to go with with my gut. I thought about this morning and I tried to like, I tried to pick a different answer, but I was just like, no, it's it's Greg Popovich. Like Pop is, mm. Pop is my guy. I think he's also very similarly like a player's coach like just man so i lived in san antonio from my family moved there the summer before sixth grade so i was there from sixth grade all the way to like the first through the first two years of college basically so like that that like decade of my life was for like several of the championships like i was there during like their the peak of the spurs dynasty so that was like my first the spurs were the first like team for me when i was like a teenager and like really started to understand basketball more from like an actual game perspective and was playing it and like man that trio of timmy tony parker manu ginobili like they were so different than great teams i feel like we've seen in the past just in terms of like they're kind of classically thought of as like the boring dynasty, you know, because like Tim Duncan is just like this, <laughs> this like uh, unassuming, not flashy uh, superstar. But in a lot of ways, like Pop at various times to me was kind of like the star a little bit of the team. Like he's super vocal off the court too. And I've always loved and appreciated, like appreciated how much he's just like willing to talk about um, also like issues facing like the players in the NBA. And yeah, I don't know. I just think he's great. I know he can be a little gruff with like innocent reporters sometimes asking questions like during halftime or at the end of the game and and can kind of come off. Not kind of. Sometimes he's a dick. But it's kind of like the Popovich shtick, you know, like you just got to you can't walk yourself into a trap where, you know, he's just going to like throw the question you asked right back on him. If it's like a if it's a stupid question, he's just going to make you look Wait, like Steve, a fool. Wait, Steve, real but, quick, real quick. 
Yeah. Um, real quick, if you have Ginobili, you have Tony Parker and Tim Duncan on the Knicks, you don't think they're having the same type of success? Because I do, because those three players were dynamic together. So, like, what is it you, pop? What do you mean exactly? Oh, like, you're, you're you, saying is Pop a good coach because of those players being good? Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So if you take that, I mean, um, that trio, I hear what you're you saying, but your favorite coach was Phil Jackson, and he's mm-hmm. arguably had the most uh, talented teams and superstars. Of that all would be time. Doc Rivers. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't mention the players. I did. I mean, I mentioned Dennis Rodman. But I guess my point is, I do think Pop, Pop's a great coach. I, yeah. I mean, look, the, you can't name a great coach who who also hasn't had great players at some point. They go hand in hand. Like, so I get what you're saying, and I've thought about that before. But like, there is not one single coach that we would say is in the pantheon of like great coaches who didn't have great players because they. You're not great a great players, coach if you haven't won anything. You great know what I'm players saying? and great people are two different things. I just think Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Tim Duncan—they just mature beyond there. Like, I think they're like. You don't. They don't even compare to the rest of the like the traditional stars. I'm still. I feel like they're professional. I have something. I have, a, I have something for you on that, Jamar. I think that um, Tony Parker specifically benefited very much so from having yeah. Greg Popovich. That's coach. true. Because you, you remember the uh, fir- the first couple seasons, especially yeah, he was up and down. People were like Pop was being too hard on him. Yeah, uh, but I th- I think that Pop really helped develop how he saw the game. Yep, and also it. Um, I know, I know you guys would remember this, but for people maybe who didn't pay as much attention to uh, Tony Parker and the Spurs, it, he was not necessarily what you would think of as the prototype of a point guard when he came in. Like, there wasn't really, like, an analog for, like, okay, well, who are you going to go out and be Mark Jackson? He's not really Mark Jackson. Yeah, that's you true. know, he's not really Gary Payton. Honestly, Ezra, when you say it like that, that is true because he did the same thing to Ginobili. He did the same. Even though Ginobili was 25 when he came over, he still had to like tame him and like keep him under control, which you can argue if you don't have that discipline, you probably wouldn't get the same production probably. Well, specifically with Manu, the fact that he was able to sort of like keep him happy because he was he was he was he came off the bench like half his career. Manu, in my mind, he's still like probably the greatest six man I think he's like the best to ever kind of assume the six man role and to be able to kind of manage superstars in the way that he did pop specifically is, is great. Is so much of Kerr's offense was a derivative of like the triangle offense. And then also um, the um, driving kick offense that um, Popovich runs. Right. And so well, there's so many. Well, didn't so many Kerr, the same wasn't he an assistant in, in San Antonio? Or my I... he was a player too. Uh, he's a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All kind of a, a part of the same tree, a little bit. Yeah. So agree. Uh, Kerr, and and I, and I think that's part of the reason why. Um, like I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't really like to be the person who's like, oh man, we gotta, we we have to, you know, stick with this coach or that coach because you know conditions change, things change, players yep. change. There's like you know organizations change, so. Um, you always got to have like the right coach for the, at the right time. But the thing that I think people don't really think about when you're talking about Kurt is that, I mean, he really is a basketball savant, you know? Um, and he's really had like, you know, from Lou Olsen, you know, like he's had the best of the best when it comes to 
coaching mentors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's had the best of the best when it comes to playing with great players and then yep. coaching them and being around them. So, you know, what, what you're talking about, Jamar, with understanding the psychology of players, he could sit here and tell you to sit your ass on the bench because he sat on the bench yeah. and had to come in and make a big shot, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, so there are certain things that um, – I think a lot of people don't think about when it comes to coaching. Um, one of those things is uh, credibility. So um, I'll tell you guys off air, but I don't like to name drop or whatever. So one, one of my really close friends played for, um, he played for Greg Popovich. Okay. He also played for, um, whatchamacallit in, um, in Phoenix. Um, I'm blanking. So what he told me when he came into the locker room, um, guys were kind of looking at Frank like, cause you know, he's kind of a goofy guy. Um, he's a serious guy, but he's kind of like, you get a goofy kind of feel, kind of vibes. Um, and, and you know, like even now, like people don't know they should take him seriously. And they're surprised that, you know, his team do so well. I mean, they at least would have had a shot at a ring if they didn't run into LeBron so many times. Like that's really like a Jordan type of thing where they were blocked. And there's just not really much you can do about it. Remember there was this one Eastern Conference Finals where it looks like Bron snapped his ankle. And then he was back up like two minutes later. It's it's the most ridiculous thing. But Frank, like the players love him. Like players really do love him. They they will play hard for him. Like he's somebody who's a great communicator. Um, you know, his defense is good or whatever. And so like when people are like, oh, man, what are we doing with Frank? It's like, well, I mean, he doesn't really have a team. He has like three guys that everybody's like, yo, like with these three guys, nobody will be able to outscore us. Yep. And then you try to fit pieces around them and still try to do what's necessary for a team sport in a team game to say, okay, well, we still need everybody to have roles. You yeah. know? Y'all remember the Frank Vogel Pacers? They were yep. so good. They were like, so good. They were good. They were like so good. a four or five year period. I was like, man, this yep. team might just shock us and make the finals one year. But LeBron was in the, you know, just kind of kept going man, back to the finals. You know, that team, they couldn't get past LeBron ever, but Hey, and, man, he was coaching his ass off for the Pacers. And just to recap this off with Steve Kerr, he got punched in the face by Michael Jordan, man. So that gave him some toughness, so yeah, some toughness to say, <laughs> the GOAT punched me in my face. I'm not scared of any of you young punks. No. So, you know, that is some type of well, you know, people. Well, and people talk about Draymond, and it's like, you know, um, is People feel differently about Draymond depends on, you know, if you're a Warriors fan or if you're not or whatever. Um, but you never see Draymond or anybody else. Actually, there are players who play for Steve Kerr who don't like him. But the only one that you've seen actually say that is DeMarcus Cousins. And I think DeMarcus Cousins just had a he had a he didn't have the best tenure there. But, you know, so I was I was really kind of surprised hearing like he was like trashing him. He was like, you know, yeah. with um on the podcast with Rachel Nichols, I was like, this isn't this is not a good look, bro. Yeah. You know, but you know, even guys who are not like, you know, fawning over him, praising him, like, oh, he's this great basketball deity, they still have a lot of respect for him. You know, they still really are like, yo, this dude knows what he's doing. Like you might not like it, but he knows what he's doing. I feel bad Got for it. cousins. Injuries really derailed his career career there at the end because He's too sure. young to be done with basketball. He was really good. Uh, let me ask Ezra just this one question real quick. And, like, you could be the only person to answer it since we had to speed it up. What skill do you think is the most important skill for a coach in the NBA? Ooh, that's, so that's going to be – that's a tough one to answer. 
um, because it depends on if you have the are you are you like in a rebuilding situation where you got young guys. Um, so like let's just say yeah, like so to if win you, the championship. If you have a team to win the championship. Yeah, yeah. With stars, um, if you've got probably, multiple stars on a team. So it's probably having having a um, a playbook, and this is why I like her and Popovich and 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 Spolstra too so much. Having a playbook where like these guys can go through like these actions. But then, like, you're also, like, enough – set them up in a way where they can improvise and kind of go to their own talents. So I don't know if that's necessarily a skill. It's more of, like, creating the environment. Maybe that's the skill. Creating the right environment and conditions for the guys to do what they do best. It's probably the best way I could say that. What do you think, Jamar? I'm curious your answer, too. I think you clearly need to be a nerd, a basketball nerd with the X and O's, or you need to have a nerd on your staff somewhere. Someone need to be just obsessed with the game of basketball. So yeah. like that, that you, that's, you know, just someone needs to be there. The other thing is going back to the Zen master and Phil Jackson. I think sports is like, it's like, like, especially when grown men are playing, it's like warrior is, it, I don't know. I feel like they're warriors, right? Cause like you need to box somebody out. You need to, it's just a lot of physical stuff you got to do this. And that's challenging to do that in a, a whole 82 game season. Do you need to go win another 16 or 20 games to win a championship? So I think you need to be some type of spiritual leader and motivate guys to do things that they probably can't even imagine themselves. So you need to be a visualizer. You need to get teams to, or you need to get the players to like think more of themselves than they do only because when you're confident, you just play way better. So I think as a coach is like, I mean, just like a CEO, any leader, like you need to set the vision and convince people that that vision is easily attainable. So I think you need to be some type of spiritual leader. Uh, uh, Steve, what you think? I love both of what you guys said. I, I would kind of echo that with maybe my own way of saying it, but like something that all the great coaches we talked about have in common is just this ability to like manage massive egos and personalities like of their star players. Like that's what uh, Phil Jackson was great at with multiple teams, right? Is like managing these players who are worth too. Like there's a there's also like a money aspect to this, right? Yep. Like the coaches don't make near what these star players make, <laughs> especially today. You know, like we've got Darvin Ham making a million dollars or whatever the fuck he's making, and LeBron's a billionaire. You know, it's like you got to manage that dude, like, and tell him quote unquote what to do. Like it's so hard, and not that many people are really really good at it. Spo was great at it. He had. D Wade, who had already won a championship in, in Miami before LeBron showed up. And then you've got LeBron, who at that point is way better than D Wade. And you got to manage both these guys and how that works. And then alongside that, you've got Bosch. Chris Bosch comes down and then he's like third fiddle, right? And he's used to being the man in Toronto, but he comes down to the heat and he's like the number three option at best on a team that's trying to win championships. And so Eric Spolstra. A guy who's never played has got to be able to look Chris Chris Bosch in the face and say like, "I need you to do these things. You're not going to have as many points. You're not your stats aren't going to be what they were in Toronto, but if you're willing to do these things, we can be legendary." And 
whatever the it factor for a coach, whatever you want to call that, like, I don't even know what we would call that, but just the ability to manage these players, personalities and egos as people, which is, I think what you guys are also hinting at is like probably even more important than the actual X's and O's, right? It's the mental side of thing. Like, it's like, it's like what you're talking about, Jamar, like the spiritual aspect of the game, being able to manage guys in that sort of way, I just think is like easily the hardest skill, but like the most important probably for a coach to have. Hey, SPW, let me reply to one thing you said. I think yeah, what I said. in a regular season, I think it's all players, but I think in a playoff time, bro, I think that's when it's like 50-50 because it's all about adjustments at that point. And that, like, that's why you see sometimes yeah, totally. a team may win by 30. The next time another coach may implement a new strategy, then they win by 30. So I think in the playoffs, it becomes more 50-50 because now it's like legit war and it's strategy. So in the yeah. regular season, I think it's all the players because it's just like AU basketball at that point. But in the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. you need strategy, man. No, yeah, and that's I'm when the coaches come to play. If I could piggyback on that, one thing that um, a lot of a lot of fans could say, my coach um, doesn't get the rotations. Why doesn't he play this player? Why doesn't he play that player? I don't think people understand how hard it is to coach. Like, not just the NBA. I'm talking about, like, I coach 6U, 8U, and 10U um, basketball for kids, right? Co-ed. Your best player usually have like, you know, unless you're like, cause I don't, I don't have any of these, like the crazy teams where people are, you know, like, oh, I'm trying to collect them like Pokemon. It's like, look, I want some players I can develop. You're not paying so your, your players, player, Ezra? You're not paying them? No, I'm not. Come on, man. <laughs> Come that, on. You know, that, 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 maybe that's why I'm, uh, you know, haven't been um, someone who's well known for it. But um, <laughs> when you're just talking about just even kids, if you're you got your best player, you 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 expect to be able to pencil them in for something, right? This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna run this, and and then everything kind of branches off that. Then you've got you know this person who is maybe your best defender. You've got this person who maybe maybe your best player is not your best ball handler. So you're like, okay, well I can they can get us into the offense. If any one of these things goes wrong for any reason, then you have to say, okay, well now what? Let me yeah. make an adjustment. Yeah. But 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 to your point, Jamar, like the adjustment can mean that you expose the three things that you're playing on paper <laughs> yeah. that, you know, was was masking all of these things. Yeah, rip it up. And so it's like, yo, <laughs> so, I, you know, so, you know, making this one change means that I expose those in these two other areas. And so then you got to fix that. And it's like, yo, the, and the game moves so fast. And then you've got things like there's another team you're playing against. And then there's officiating and all these things. Yep. And so. You know, what I'm thinking um, about what you're saying as far as like in the playoffs, I think one thing that you can see coaching, one thing I always look for at least, coaching in the regular season, ATOs. After the timeout, if there's there's the, the the location, like what what part of the court are you taking the ball out from, right? Yep. Then there's the time, how much time you got on the shot clock, how much yep. is on the game clock, what's the situation, what's the score, you know, all these things. And then it's like for you to reach in your bag and to pull out the play that they did to get, um, you know, where they screened for the screener and got step open um, for that game winner. You know, that's the kind of thing where it's like this is where you see coaching. There is not a coach that we've named. That you know, even Frank Frank Vogel had a great ATO. The 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 end of it wasn't the the best one, uh, but that was just because. Well, let me put this out here in 
in the world. That's because LeBron. Um, that's because Draymond Green is every bit as smart as LeBron James about basketball. Yep. So it wasn't. It wasn't that Frank Vogel made a made a terrible play call. Like LeBron, um, uh, Draymond just kind of outthought him on that. He's yep. like, "Yo, because I'm on the court," you know. And so I think that's the thing when you want to see coaching. When you can look at you know like really like really small things in the regular season, the big things come out in the, in the postseason. Yep. That's when it's just. You have all the time to focus. You actually can have a practice on top of like the walkthroughs and on top of the video sessions. Like you can actually go through and you say, all right, cool. I'm going to make coldly have to make these adjustments and live with the results. Yep. 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 I'm I've, I've low key said for years now that Draymond is like kind of the MVP of the, the Warriors dynasty. Like low key does not get enough credit for like everything that man does for like to their success anyways both offensively and defensively though well, like, I mean, that's the yeah, thing both both that's I mean, the he, thing and is equally and is equal on both because he's a captain of the defense clearly because he speaks a lot he's leading the guys you know and he's also the captain of the offense whether we liked it whether we want to believe he's it a or facilitator not. the man. best offense is when draymond is at the top of the key running things he that's facilitates just like joker yep. He just doesn't. Yep. He just doesn't look like Joker, you yep. know. So it's like, whatever. Anyways, yep. Draymond we got some Green. community questions. Let's do one real quick. Suns fanatic wanted to know what's your favorite thing to write about, Ezra. This is, I think, for you. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate the question. Um, so I think what I found is my my favorite thing to write, at least favorite thing, is like a hero's journey because I think that's something that we all want to, you know, it's it's kind of baked into storytelling. In, in our society, my most favorite thing, or I guess that's kind of redundant at that point, um, <laughs> is seeing where, where, like, there's a there's a story that's bringing people together, like, for some kind of collective thing to do. And so I've, I've written those stories, like, um, you know, as, as journalistic stories, but then I'm also working on some of those um, in creative writing, where it's like, you know, how, how is it that, because um, in real life, it's not there's not one person that is able to do X, Y, Z. Like we're talking about the NBA. It's, you know, we love to follow certain players, but it's absolutely a team sport. Yeah. Um, I saw Jamar, I saw you um, responded to somebody was like, Hey, look, even having somebody on the roster, like you need the, you need the right mix of guys. Just even if they never actually suit, like they suit up, but they never actually play. That's absolutely right. And so I'm interested in um, those kind of things or, um, I guess a close uh, second um, is also where like people like something a little offbeat, um, something that is, um, you know, kind of unexpected. And so um, that's just me being like this, you know, art kid. It's like, you know, there's this, there's an element of surprise and wonder that I think is in um, all of the best art. And so that's what I'm looking for. It's like, okay, well, what hasn't necessarily been done or maybe not been done in this way? Yeah, I love that. I also That's really cool. I once self-published um a poetry book. It's on Amazon. I did it like Word. 12 years ago. And I wrote a 70,000 word novel that's in one of my computers over here. Um so I like that's to awesome. write. I also got a medium page where I just write like a bunch of just think pieces and stuff. So How many pages like is the- 70,000? words because that sounds huge to me but i don't know i've never written a novel well i didn't print it in a book yet it's just on like a word document on my computer but 
I love the right as well, Ezra. So when I saw that question, I was like, wow, that's dope. Um, I'm going to check out some so what, of this stuff, so man. What, what's your favorite thing to write about? I think I, I think I'm like in my mind, I'm like a social scientist slash philosopher. So I like to think about society and like just think about ideas that can make our society better. So like if you go to my medium page, it's just a bunch of random just That's thoughts, cool. like big, like big thinking thoughts on how our world can, can like become better. So. That's what I like. Yeah. I, I geek out. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I love the fact that you're a polymath, man. Like, you're yeah. so good at yeah. so many things, man. But I'm only about, good because about, I tried and I failed and I'm, I'm, I mm-hmm. keep going. So it's not like I was born like this, bro. This is just me mm-hmm. trying a bunch of stuff, failing and just keep going at it. What, I was, would you I was ask me? You, do you need writing? Do you do any writing? So throughout my life, I have. I actually used to love writing poems too, Jamar. Like, uh, I haven't been in the last couple of years uh, for some reason, but maybe I'll try and get back into that. Like, I, I did enjoy that throughout college and, and right after college. I When I first moved to LA, I started writing short films mm-hmm. as well, which, which is really fun. It's really hard. Oh. Like, screenwriting is so, so difficult. I would love to at some point actually be able to make some like short films and, and movies. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's a tough Hollywood is, it's rough out here. It's a, it's a tough, well, what's your favorite like form of artistic expression then? Oh, I don't know. Like you mean writing versus like acting or something? Anything, anything. anything. Writing, I don't know. Acting, I mean, I, making I, anything. I mean, I, des- I, he's a designer. Yeah, I do. Uh, I would. Like you- I'd probably say designing. Like, I love. I love making products. I've always loved. I've uh, always loved that, and that's largely like what I've been doing and working on for the last ten plus years, and probably what I'm best at. So, I would say that. But I'm also, yeah, just like I, I would consider myself like a pretty creative guy, and like I've I've done some acting, I've done some writing, and Dope. Uh, I would love to be more involved in like the. TV film world one day if I can get kind of get my my feet in the door and uh, yeah it's just don't don't have let's a whole lot of time it, right baby. now but maybe one day let's do some shout outs to, uh, yeah, let's do it. who you got who Me you got first? for the first shout out yeah okay uh, I've got John James y'all follow him or know who I'm talking about I believe he's a Mavs fan but he's a uh, civil rights lawyer oh yeah I do which is dope and he just uh he actually posted this morning like he he said i sue police for misconduct for a living and then went on to ask like he asked a poll like do do y'all want to hear more about like what that looks like (laughs) on threads and i was just like you had me at quote unquote sue police for misconduct (laughs) so uh man being a civil rights lawyer he's a girl dad i think wow that is incredibly important so cool yeah he's infinitely smarter than i will ever be i thought about going to law school for about 19 seconds once uh in college (laughs) and was like i I could never do that much reading never in my life so just like mad props and shout out to to people out there who um do that kind of work and it's so so important and and like honestly piggybacking off of what you said a few minutes ago, Jamar, just about like dreaming of a better world. And it's honestly, it's people like John, uh, like doing the really, really important, necessary, hard work 
like being a civil rights lawyer. So anyways, that's I my love that out. one. That's awesome. Ezra, who you got? Yeah, so I've got uh, today Johnny K. Uh, yes. Shout out Detroit basketball <laughs> for that Atlanta Dream crop top. Uh, so <laughs> I had been going to Atlanta Dream games since Atlanta Dream um, was a thing. Uh, and so I had, you know, kind of gotten to know some of the players and just been around. Like, it's a, it's a really great organization, and I'm, I'm glad they're uh, trending back up. So. Dope, dope. I want to shout out Lene, um, the Lene J. Um, her son went to his first basketball game, Knicks versus the Pacers. And I was in the building too. And her son's favorite team is the Pacers, I think. And the Pacers won. So I just think that my presence helped her son out, spread <laughs> some good energy, help him, you know, <laughs> just have that first moment where. He's at the first NBA game, his favorite team, anyone, he's gonna he's gonna hold on to that probably for the rest of his life. So shout out to Lene, shout out to her son, and yeah, that's my shout out. Core memories, baby. First first NBA yep. game. Those are that's good stuff. And with the win, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's that's, that's awesome. incredible. Yep. Yeah. Ezra, yeah. thank you so much, man, for coming on. This has been, thank you, my been a delight. On, You've been man. so, <laughs> yeah. so great. It's been really, really fun to Finally, chat with you uh, in real life to a degree and meet you. <laughs> Party uh, 2025 All Star at your house. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Please. I want. I want everybody. I want to meet everybody. I. I yeah. hate that we we aren't real friends in real life. We're all spread out ac- across the country. It's it's sad, but maybe we'll do a meetup at some point. All right, y'all. This has been the NBA Threads Show. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace out.